This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the first ever episode 12 of the Best Seats Podcast. I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy. Thank you, as always, to Allie Coyle for providing the music for the show. You can find her at AllieCoyleMusic.com or on Instagram at AllieCoyleMusic, as well as her family's restaurants where they have some killer wines. I just picked up some the other day. Anyway, let's get to it. We got a big episode. This one kind of, this was a time-sensitive one. Um, Originally, there were only two episodes slated for this week, and I should mention just a little bit of housekeeping. There's no set schedule for releasing the shows right now. I'm trying to be a little consistent and build some continuity, Um, trying to drop them on, you know, right now it's kind of coming down to Wednesdays and Fridays, um, starting with the next episode, episode 13, for no other reason other than it's my lucky number and the number that I wore playing sports and still wear when I attempt to play sports. Uh, That's going to be the first episode to go early to members of Patreon uh, depending on when you're hearing this, it may already be there, but they are going to get it a couple of days before the public. And if you support on Patreon at the $2 or above monthly tier, you will get all the episodes moving forward, ad-free, uh, Patreon plug-free, et cetera, et cetera, a couple of days before everybody else. If you're not supporting over there, do not worry about it. You will still get them. It'll just be a couple of days later. But this episode was a special one. It's a time-sensitive one. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, the 19th, and it features Daniel Castillo, pitmaster and owner of Heritage Barbecue. Uh, it's a renowned barbecue pop-up all around Orange County. It's been going on for a couple of years. They are almost finished with their first brick and mortar down in San Juan Capistrano. And getting Daniel on the show was really, really important because this weekend of our Memorial Day weekend is going to be OC Smoke Kitchen 3.0. If you've been listening to the show, you're aware of what OC Smoke Kitchen is. If you live in Orange County and you've been reading the news as it relates to the hospitality world, there's been a bunch of coverage about it. Uh, first one was down at Craft House and Dana Point, which we talked about on the very, very first episode of the podcast featuring Joe Cook. Uh, next one was at Brewery X. You can check out video highlights of it on my Instagram, uh, thebestseats.com, YouTube, things like that. And the third one is going to be this weekend in Placentia up at Kelly's Corner Tavern. I'm going to be featuring the owner of Kelly's. Uh, I'll be interviewing this week, but the episode won't go live until next week just due to some previous commitments. But getting Daniel on the show was really, really important to me. I want people to be aware of these events. I want people to be aware of the work that he does, how amazing his food is. Um, and it just shows, I guess, kind of the prejudice that we have towards certain things. You know, it, a barbecue pop-up, you know, a smoker behind a truck is not something that you would see in, you know, a Michelin guide, but you kind of should. It's it's not something that's garnered a lot of attention and it should. Um, he does unbelievable work. He has a ton of passion. He's huge into supporting the community, supporting providers, and really just providing a great product. Uh, it's not about glitz and glam for him. It's about something that's delicious, nourishing people, and creating a fantastic, fantastic thing for people to eat and enjoy. Uh, he is expecting a child with his wife any day now, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to it later on, that kid is here. So be sure to send congratulations. 
But getting this episode up before OC Smoke Kitchen occurred this weekend was really important to me. So there's going to be three episodes pushed this week. Obviously, uh, Chef Tony Celeste from Whitestone was earlier. You're going to get Chef James Cavanis uh, later this week. And then because of Memorial Day, just an FYI for people who are listening to this as it launches uh, on Wednesday, the 20th, there is going to be a little bit of a delay with next week's episodes. Um, I'm taking the Monday of Memorial Day just kind of off been working with these episodes and recording them and editing them and trying to do a bunch of backend stuff on the bestseats.com website. That's why the blog content has been a little light, but that's going to pick up heavily next week. But there's only going to be one or two episodes next week as opposed to the three for this one. So enjoy them. It's a gift. It's all for you because I love you guys. And if you support on Patreon, I love you even more. But regardless, I love all of you. And I can't wait to hug you all soon. Give high fives all around once this COVID-19 has gone away. But in the meantime, if you're hospitality, please come out this weekend to Kelly's. It's going to be some booze, some beers, and some barbecue just for you. If you are non-hospitality, please support those around you, whoever you can, whether it's takeout, GoFundMes. Uh, just call and check on someone. If you know somebody who's in the hospitality industry, just see how they're doing. It looks like we're starting to see the light at the end of this tunnel. Um, a lot of restaurants are starting to prep to open up. There's a lot of people putting in a lot of things that they can do to open up. You can see more about that on the bestseats.com within the next few days. Again, like I said, just finishing up some backend maintenance. Um, it's one of the downsides of being a, a one person production company is you got to do it all. So I apologize for the delay in the content, but hopefully the podcasts have been keeping you entertained. In the meantime, this is a big one and I'm very humbled and very proud to present pitmaster Daniel Castillo, Heritage Barbecue. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey, Danny. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing? Good, how man. Doing, how Robert? Good. Thanks doing for taking great. the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just got back from uh, I just got back from the restaurant, and we had like a milestone inspection for this. Uh, oh man, it's just I was so stressed out about it. But uh, yeah, we got the the smokers NSF certified, so it's like a big, big freaking thing for us. Big thing for barbecue. That's awesome. So, man. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So I am super grateful you're taking the time because you are obviously a very, very busy man right now. Uh, <laughs> the restaurant, which we'll talk on, uh, yeah. the upcoming third and final OC Smoke Kitchen, which we're going to talk on, but you're also expecting a little one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife had her, what would be her last appointment for, um, for the baby today. And so she's officially nine months now. And so we're expecting any day. So, you know, we have a bunch of things. I told my wife, I said, just, just any time after this weekend, cause I have a lot of stuff going on <laughs> this, this week with, uh, the inspections. And, uh, uh we have something, uh, that we're, we're doing some film with eater, um, on Friday. And, uh, and then we have our, the smoke kitchen on Sunday. So I'm like, just hold it in for a little bit longer. And then we'll, you know, we can, we can get this baby out. <laughs> Just a little bit of patience. So yeah. let's let's talk about the. We'll get to OC Smoke Kitchen in a sec, which I do want to get to, um, obviously. But I want to talk about the restaurant because obviously the way that kind of COVID nineteen has affected a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really open. Maybe they're doing takeout stuff like that. But you're in the midst of building a brick and mortar for Heritage. What's that kind of been like for you through all this? So, you know, it was, uh, it was rolling pretty quickly actually in the very beginning. And then, um, you know, opening a, a restaurant in the middle of this has just been insane. You know, I mean, with, uh, 
the the restrictions that were put on it right away uh, construction stopped uh, for at least a month I think while everybody just kind of figured out what they needed to do and looking at you know the guidelines that you know people had to abide by that sort of thing so um, and and then during that also there was a there was some rainy time you know we had like a few weeks where we had some rain so mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of put us at maybe like a two to three month kind of stall. But, um, and you know, I actually stopped really looking into it and I, and I started focusing on how we can continue to, um, you know, be able to profit during this time. So, you know, I turned into looking into e-commerce and that sort of thing and tried to, you know, learn something like that. That was something I never thought I, you know, would have to learn. Um, you know, with us being able, you know, folks would just walk up and, and, and line up at the publics actually and, and buy everything that we had. And that was it, you know, so being able to have to learn how to, you know, run a website and figuring out how to, you know, orchestrate deliveries and that sort of thing was something completely new. Um, but, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had made mistakes along the way, but you know, learn my lessons and, you know, we, uh, we actually been more successful during this time than we were before all this happened. And I think a lot of that has to do with the availability of being able to get our barbecue. It was, uh, it was something that was really hard for people to get their hands on without, you know, having to wait for a few hours in line to get it. So I think opening it up to where people can, pre-order food and have it delivered directly to your doorstep was uh, something that just looked really good, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's just, it just boiled down to the community just supporting us, you know, without that support from, you know, the people that came out and supported our pop-ups and at all the different breweries and all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, we, I don't think we would have made it, uh, but uh, yeah, they uh, I, we really do owe a lot of it to to our our people, you know, the people that that have been there since uh, day one, you know. So, so but you guys uh, have a, yeah, since, go ahead. No, I was going to say. So, I mean, you guys have such a huge following with Heritage. But if there are people that may not kind of be familiar with you, can you give a little background on yourself and how you got into barbecue, and then how Heritage kind of got started? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we have a family that lives out in Texas, so we uh, we would travel out there um, often to visit them, and uh, it was really the only time that I would eat barbecue. Um, we would fly into Austin and you know different parts of uh, Central Texas, and and um, you know I just actually my wife and I now that I'm thinking about it, we uh, considered moving to Texas um, just because we really liked the vibe, especially in Austin. And, uh, and she, uh, she was like all for it. So, you know, we started looking into it and, uh, it's kind of funny. We, I had started, I was doing catering before and, uh, we had this business, uh, that we called originally heritage roasting company. And, uh, and you know, that's what I said in her business license and all that sort of thing. But, um, I decided to do a pop-up one day where I was going to do uh, central Texas style barbecue. I did that out of my backyard and, uh, you know, it was just 
basically like friends and, and close family at the time. Um, it did very well. And, uh, you know, we sold everything that we had. I think the very first one that we did, I cooked four briskets and, um, then I did another one, uh, like two weeks later and I doubled that. And, uh, I just saved all the money and put into like a 250 gallon smoker, which was, that was my first, like, um, that would be my first custom smoker. And, uh, I worked on that for, you know, maybe six months before I just, I, the lines just got, you know, out of, out of control at, at my house and I needed to figure out a way to move this into breweries. So, uh, I started reaching out to friends of mine being a beer drinker. Um, I had a lot of connections with, uh, the Orange County craft beer scene. So I reached out to them and, and, uh, you know, was invited to, uh, come into a couple different breweries. And one of the first ones I started at was this small one, Anaheim called Backstreet Brewery. And, uh, then from there I went to, uh, Gunwell Ales in Costa Mesa that led to going to Green Cheek and Rip Brewing Company and then to Bottle Logic and, uh, the brewery and brewery to rue. And, you know, from there just, kind of snowballed and we just started traveling all around breweries in Orange County, but we kept it local. That was kind of our thing. You know, we got, we went to a few, we went to, um, uh, ambitious sales out in Long Beach, but that's about as far West as we went. And, uh, as far South as docent, um, and San Juan Capistrano, but we, we, you know, we just really like to keep, you know, the barbecue here in, in Orange County cause we really needed it. We thought, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, so from there, uh, you know, that's, uh, we, we were, we were getting approached by some different investors and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, that kind of put us to where we're at now. Um, we got approached by, uh, a gentleman who had a restaurant here in San Juan Capistrano and, uh, basically made us an offer that we couldn't refuse. And that was, uh, a restaurant that was an existing, um, that needed, some remodel obviously, but had a full cook line that was uh turnkey, we thought. Now we're learning it's not quite that, but um, you know, it was it, it was financially it made sense, you know, instead of having to do a you know, could be two hundred thousand up to a million dollar build out, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, we were able to uh come in here and and uh and use our savings and you know, um, it, it, it was, it was something that, you know, we had to sell our home and make the move down to San Juan from Anaheim and all that sort of thing. So, uh, we're totally invested into this and, you know, we're, we're really enjoying it. It's very, uh, very, it's been a very interesting ride. <laughs> to I, say the least. Yeah, I can only yeah. believe. Um, I mean, San Juan is going through such massive renovations the past couple of years. Yeah. They just finished the renovation of kind of the depot district down by the train tracks. And yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't think you could be getting in at a better time at a better area. Um, yeah, you know, your yeah, barbecue is, it. yeah, it's, it's going to be really good. Barbecue is such a hotly contested item as far as like its regionality is concerned. And it's yeah. vehemently defended by whoever cooks that style. For those that may kind of be like, amateur barbecues or just general fans. Can you kind of give a little background on Texas style and the way that you cook what you do? Sure. So central Texas style in particular is a, um, it's a, it's a beef, a beef forward, um, you know, menu. So 
brisket is king in Central Texas style barbecue. And it's kind of like uh, letting the product speak for itself. And salt and pepper is is your rub. That's pretty much it. Um, now, we uh, we do use salt and pepper in our rub. Uh, we take it a few steps further by using, um, you know, additional ingredients in that. And that's just, that kind of just comes, that just stems from, you know, different flavor profiles that I think work for different proteins. But um, that being said, yeah, brisket, uh, beef ribs, um, full spare ribs. Uh, so that wouldn't be like a St. Louis cut or baby backs or baby backs are a cut um, that in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of meat on it and doesn't have as much flavor as a full spare rib. And this full spare rib comes from right um, behind the pork belly, right behind the belly. So as you can imagine, it's just basically like, you know, bacon and, and ribs together. So it's like, you know, the best of both worlds. And so, you know, you have different textures with that. And, uh, and it's, it's really the only type of, um, rib that I do. We also do a belly on rib too, which is fantastic. Um, from Pachamama farms and Days Creek, Oregon. But, uh, we also make our, our own sausages, which is huge in Texas. Uh, sausages is, is something that I think that is a little bit more popular in Texas than it is here in California. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, it's something that I appreciate and was really hard to kind of get people to really try here. And I think that when we finally were able to do that, uh, folks really started to really love it. And that involved just, you know, switching out sausages at weekly and people love cheese, man. So like <laughs> I would load these, it, it seemed like you couldn't put enough cheese and sausage and, you know, then when you would take those Instagram pictures where you cut them open and they were just like oozing with cheese or just people seem to just love that. So there's, there's usually cheese in, in every sausage that we make. We, we, we find a way to make it work. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, you know, you have your traditional sides like, uh, potato salad, beans, uh, mac and cheese, um, some sort of slaw or something like that. But, uh, we take it further. Um, the concept of, of of heritage barbecue is to really bring um, the heritage part into um, into our menu. So, you know, for instance, uh, our proteins that we purchase are as local as we can get. Uh, they also are. Um, we we try to look for farms that um, that practice you know humane practices with their um, with with their livestock and. Uh, non-GMO, um, you know, that sort of thing. So that's, that's really important to us, animal welfare. So, you know, we have things like, you know, heritage breed, uh, hogs, Pachamama, um, Berkshire, um, Corabuda, that sort of thing. So same thing that, that goes with our, uh, our beef, you know, black Angus, um, Holstein and these, these animals are, uh, they're, they're like the Cadillac of, of beef. And, and so, you know, we make sure that our customers know that, you know, we're purchasing things that, you know, what we're making them aware of what they're putting in their bodies. And, uh, you know, that's something that when we started this, we wanted to uh, really pound into the heads of our customers that we really do care about, you know, about what we're purchasing. So, 
Well, it creates such a different flavor too when you have animals of that product because I don't I don't know if a lot of people happy really animal. understand yep. exactly happy animal equals better flavor. Um, and when you do sure. have those different things, you taste the varietals. Uh, and I am absolutely addicted to your barbecue. My mom was a West Texas girl, so I am well, well, well versed in the brisket ways and I'm a huge, huge fan <laughs> of it. Um, one of the things that's kind of going on as we're recording this, obviously kind of in the midst of everything that's going on, there's a lot of talk and a lot of headlines justified or not about people worrying about meat shortages and something like that. Is that something that you're concerned about venturing into something where you're doing, you know, just meat by the, literally by the smoker full? Absolutely. Um, the good thing about what we do is since we do not purchase commodity protein and that would be, um, your IBP and that sort of thing. Like your, your average, uh, you know, run of the mill barbecue joint, um, is, is purchasing, you know, product from a broker or that sort of thing. Um, a meat supplier that, you know, they're looking for the cheapest possible proteins available. That being said, we work, we work with smaller farms and, um, these places are producing, you know, smaller, they're slaughtering, uh, their heads of steer or, or, you know, their, their pork or, or their poultry or whatever it is. Uh, they're not doing huge numbers of that anyway. Um, but you know, with the market that fluctuates and our prices fluctuated anyway, most of our proteins are at market price. So, um, you know, you might come in and, uh, half a pound of brisket is, you know, $14 a pound. I'm excuse me, $14 a half pound. Uh, one week and then the next week it might be 16, you know, half pound. So, uh, it is something that we worry about. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we can just hope that, uh, you know, that the rest, I think that if the restaurant industry decides to come back or it can come back after this, um, which I think there'll be a lot of empty restaurants after all this is said and done, uh, you know, uh, I think that's I think it's going to be a while, you know, before we can get back to a normal, if there is a normal, you know, uh, but yes, it's something that we're really concerned about, but we're thinking, you know, Hey, how, how could we, you know, get away from, you know, these high brisket prices, let's start looking into different types of proteins that we might be able to, uh, bring in. So, uh, one of my last, uh, uh, sales that we had before, you know, we decided to close up shop, you know, to get ready for the restaurant opening and the baby is, uh, is seafood. So we, uh, you know, that's something that really hasn't been affected by all this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we work closely with, uh, Schooner Bay and, um, they're out there in Canada, the West coast, uh, Vancouver Island, I believe is where they're, they're farmed out of. And, um, yeah, we, it, we had a, a great, uh, we've done it before with this, uh, pastrami rubbed, um, partially cured, uh, salmon. And, uh, to me, Schoon Bay is like the, uh, Cadillac of, I, I use that word a lot, but it's, a, it's, it's really great salmon. No, their product and is it's, really uh, good. Yeah. It's sustainable and, uh, you know, all that sort of thing. So, uh, we support them and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, I think people loved it and uh you know we sold everything that we had within a few minutes and I think we had about you know a couple hundred pounds of, of salmon and uh so I think that if you know if, if folks just you know 
sustainability is is key. So I think that if we adjust, you know, we can uh, we can make things happen. You know what I mean? I even I even brought in some some vegetables that we were smoking and we did some smoked vegetable dishes and that sort of thing, you know? So you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned the pricing for some of the products. Um, the way that I've kind of seen barbecue is it's one of those foods that can't escape the kind of almost kind of like an economic stereotype. I think a lot of people don't expect barbecue to be a very expensive thing. Expensive. It's kind of like, it's kind of like yeah. tacos. Like people just assume it's going to be cheap and it just sure. carries that connotation. Yeah. Do you think that there's yeah, going to so, be any pushback when, cause your product is off the chain. Do you think that you'll get initial pushback once you're opening it up to people that may not be aware of kind of what you do and the quality of it initially? You know, I think we might have, I think we might have a small pushback. Um, but you know, that being said, I think that we have our, our following knows what they're getting and they know, you know, our, our kind of our mission statement. So I think that they trust us enough to, you know, for, for them to know that they're going to get the best protein possible, the best local protein that's available that I think that they, uh, I think they'll be there for us. And we've had such, like, it just goes back to just talking about the support of the community. It's like, uh, you know, I can't see, them not being there for us, you know, my wife and I have really made this business very personal and, uh, you know, we run into people all the time and I think, uh, you know, folks say, Hey, you know, I think, I feel like we know you and, uh, and, and they know it's sometimes they, they bring up things and, and I'm like, how the hell do they know that about us? But (laughs) it's, it's just because that they're following along. They're, they're, they're following along on our journey and they're like excited or somebody, you know, and we're, we're kind of like the underdogs, you know, we didn't, we didn't come from any money, you know, we, you know, we're, we're just a husband and wife and a little small business. And, and I think they're, they're rooting for us. And, you know, being here in South Orange County, um, is a great place for us to be, uh, successful for, you know, folks down here, then, you know, they, the, the cost of living is a little higher here mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, there's a lot of really successful people in this area. And, um, you know, that being said, they, uh, they have, you know, they have the means to be able to, to purchase, you know, products like that. Um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, and we still, we're still going to have, you know, things on our menu where, you know, like, you know, chicken for instance, and, you know, you can purchase chicken from us and Hey, you know, think that, Hey, you know, we're going to buy a, a whole a half a chicken for you from like, for 12 bucks. Well, that half chicken that you purchase is the Jidori chicken. So, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be good, you know, whatever you get. And, uh, you know, 12 bucks for half of, uh, a, a chicken. That's, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a great deal, you know? So, yeah. and then, you know, if we have to adjust to make it more affordable for people, you know, we, we will do that definitely because we want people to, enjoy our food. Uh, we've always made sure that our sites and we use a very expensive ingredients in our sites. And, you know, you can pick up a, like a, for instance, like a pe- pesto mac and cheese. We have, we work with a local uh, pasta maker here and they make our cavatappi from scratch. Um, you know, all our cheese, cheese that goes into the product and, you know, our basil comes from our local farm here and, uh, and uh, uh, the ecology center. And, you know, that's like three bucks, 
So, you know, we try to make things more affordable around our main proteins so that way they can have a great meal and, uh, and really enjoy the food, you know, because we, yeah. we're, we, and it's funny cause I joke and I say, we're not the, the average barbecue joint because we're, we're trying to make it something that it's never, it never has been before. And we, like you do talked about tacos, you know, like it's hard for people to go to, to Taco Maria and sit down and eat an $18 taco to get to wrap their minds around that. But after they have that taco, you're like, well, Hey man, shit. I mean, I'd pay, you know, $30 for that taco because it was freaking amazing. You know? Exactly. So, it's, it's not yeah. about whether it's good or bad. It's whether or not they understand what you're trying to do with it. So, and again, head, sure. and I think the area you're picking is great. I mean, having people like the ecology center right nearby is huge. Um, and there's no reason that the, the socioeconomic places that surround kind of San Juan, I mean, again, you drive down San Juan, you go two blocks, uh, inward and up the hill and you know, the housing prices just shoot up 15 times. So there's definitely disposable income and you guys have a good enough following that I think there's going to be zero, zero problem. Uh, yeah, we're not used to that sort of thing, you know, uh, you know, coming, coming from Anaheim, uh, you know, we, uh, and then doing something like at the craft house with, uh, chef Blake, uh, you know, we're not used to people rolling up in, in, uh, in Range Rovers and, and Bentleys and that sort of thing. So it's like, it's all new to us, you know, but, uh, you know, we're, we're just grateful, you know, that, that there's folks out there that want to support us like that. So let's switch over to that. Cause you mentioned Blake, um, and kind of the first OC smoke kitchen. Um, and I've been fortunate enough kind of to stay in the loop since the beginning of this thing, but I, I know how Smoke Kitchen kind of started in your mind, but for those that may not, um, can you kind of in your own words describe what OC Smoke Kitchen is and kind of how it came to be? And then obviously we'll lead up um, and kind of discuss the final one coming up this weekend. Sure. So uh, OC Smoke Kitchen, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it came about as a collaborative effort. Um, to be quite honest with you uh i woke up in the morning uh i, I remember it, it was a thursday I mean, it felt like it was that long ago but um i told my wife i really think that we should do something for this is kind of like before you know everything started um you know really really taking off in this area with people wanting to do stuff mm-hmm. um but i told her i said i think i want to be able to to figure out a way because I feel very blessed uh, to help, uh, you know, other people out in the hospitality industry. And these are, this is coming from me hearing from good friends of mine throughout um, the whole week about them losing their jobs. And I had so many people reaching out to me, like they knew we were in business still, you know, Hey, we would really uh, love to come help you. I'm not doing anything right now. You know, is there anything like, I don't even care. You don't have to pay me, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I'm talking like, you know, I must've had, you know, 20 or 30 people reach out to me, you know, on Instagram or just close friends that were texting me. And, uh, and I was like, man, this is just, you know, I knew some of my friends weren't in good places and, and I I just wanted to do something to uplift, up, uplift their spirits. And, uh, so I, uh, I called Jill. She was like the first person that I called Jill Cook. And uh, if you don't know, I know you know who she is, but, you know, she's just a super awesome um, woman that's uh, 
that kind of got her hands in public relations and, you know, uh, social media and that sort of thing. So she has connections with uh, the right people. And uh, I said, hey, let's, this is what I'm thinking. Um, we should hand out food and we should try to hand out a whole bunch of it. And uh, who do you know that we can make this happen? Because, you know, we didn't really know anybody down here in South Orange County. It's almost like a whole nother world compared to North Orange County. You yeah. know, there's that uh, uh, imaginary line in the sand between <laughs> North and South Orange County. And a lot of people don't cross it. You know, it is a crazy and, I, I, and I'd be guilty of that too, you know, just living up in Anaheim. But, um, so she said, yeah. And, uh, she reached out to, um, I believe you were one of them. And, uh, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Uh, um, Yaz, uh, Pirani. Oh, I'm does sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Relations Pirani, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so chef, uh, Blake said that, yeah, he was down for it. And, um, and that was kind of the birth of it. And, uh, and the idea was to do it as many times as possible every few weeks until this thing was over with. So I know, um, you know, that being said, those OC smoke kitchen 3.0 is something that they, it's kind of being, uh, um, promoted as a final one, but what we're hoping for is to do something where we can get a nonprofit for ourselves and continue doing this, you know, even after this pandemic is over with where we can, you know, do stuff for, um, for anybody that needs it, you know, we'll, we'll pick, you know, different causes or, you know, and support it. And, uh, and do things for people at the restaurant. Um, so yeah, so this won't be the final one. And, uh, you know, for, for anything that we can, for anything that we could do for anybody to help anybody out, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to be able to do it over the next, uh, you know, few years of us being open. So where is the, I guess not the final, but, uh, where is the next upcoming smoke kitchen taking place? So OC smoke kitchen 3.0 will be held at Kelly's. I think it's Kelly's corner if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their Instagram handle has their zip code in it. And I'm so bad because I really actually never been there before. I've heard great things about it, but I heard it's just kind of like your no, your local neighborhood bar. Um, and they have great beer there and, uh, good food. But, um, yeah, we, uh, we are, that, that will be this Sunday. um, which would be the 24th and we're going to start cooking Saturday night. And so normally when you do these cooks, um, you know, for, we're doing pork butt this weekend, which takes eight to 10 hours. So obviously if you want to start at, at 1 PM for a service, we'd have to start at a minimum of 10 hours before that, but we'd like a little bit of rest time. So, you know, 12 hours before that would be great. So we cook through the night. Um, when we're doing these, uh, these pulled pork, uh, tortas, which basically tortas are on bolillos, which is, uh, basically like a small French roll. And, uh, we're going to be serving that with some brisket beans. Um, we have some, we have some beautiful brisket that we decided we saved and we vacuum sealed. Um, so we can cook down to almost like a brisket chili, uh, or what have you. And, uh, that's going to be served with, uh, this tomatillo avocado salsa. And that's pretty much the same salsa that we served our our tacos with at the last pop up. Um, 
we're going to do some pickled vegetables, uh, escabeche, which is basically like pickled onions and pickled uh, carrots and pickled um, jalapenos. And uh, I think we might do some sort of slaw too. It, it, all, it all depends, but you know, um, it's, I think it's going to, we're going to have a great turnout. Um, Free X is involved again. Um, they're just, these guys are just awesome, man. I mean, like anytime we want to do something, they want to donate beer to us. Um, and also, uh, Bottle Logic. Bottle, Bottle Logic is donating, I believe, like a thousand beers. Um, Surf City still works is in it with us again, and they donated, I think, I believe, is the same number. I think it was like a thousand different uh, canned cocktails, which are really good and kept us uh, refreshed throughout the day, the last one. And, uh, who else is involved? Oh, Shamrock Foods is actually donating, you know, all of our beans that we're going to be doing. And uh, who's doing you know, the uh, the, the pro- meats for it? Is it West Coast Prime Meats? Yeah, West Coast Prime. Uh, Brandon from West Coast Prime. Um, we have a great relationship with them. Um, you know, he was able to uh, to talk them into being a part of it again. So um, you know, it's it's one of those things where. You know, you want to do something, but you really need to have the support of of other businesses that want to do the same. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're very lucky to have these relationships with people where, you know, like Patrick from Bottle Logic, for instance, will, we'll, you know, he'll push uh, the people that he works for to help donate. And Brandon will help push West Coast Prime to help donate and that sort of thing. And, you know, somebody like Jill would will donate her time. You know, nobody has to do anything. Um, it's all coming out of the, good, the goodness of their hearts. And, uh, and you know, it just seems like people here in uh, in Orange County and the, and the type of people that my wife and I surround ourselves with are just really great people. And I think we all gravitate towards each other in a sense. So, yeah, feeling very lucky to have so many good people around us. It's been pretty amazing to... Um kind of be a part of and watch. And again, so if you're listening to this, this episode is getting recorded on Tuesday, the 19th. Uh, it's going to go live uh, pretty soon after that. But OC Smoke Kitchen 3.0 is going to be up at Kelly's Corner Tavern in Placentia. Uh, their Instagram I will drop in the show notes below, but it is Kelly's at 9, 1 p.m. What is it? 92870. Um, and I'm actually going to be yeah. interviewing their <laughs> owner later this week. Too, oh, wow. It's, cool. it's, I mean, there's such a great team of people that go into it. I've done episodes with a lot of the guys that have been there and cooking, uh, Trevor Kochak, Josh Lozano, a bunch of the different people trying to get them on. Um, and again, if you're listening to this and your hospitality, who's been affected, please show up and go to it because it's, it's a really, really awesome event. Really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Josh is, is fantastic. Uh, uh, even Ralph Montez, he's the sous chef over there at Taco Maria. Yeah. Ralph there. Montez has been crushing it at these events. Yeah, these uh, you know, these guys are just—they're powerhouses, man. You know, it's it's hard to get people to to hang out with you on these long overnight cooks, and you know, you're you got to fight the 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 <laughs> wanting to you know fall asleep half the time. But <laughs> you know, it's it's something that I'm used to, so I actually get a kick out of it to watch these guys, you know, like try to stay up throughout the night and then still have to continue through service the next day, but. <laughs> it's an unbelievable it's really labor cool of love, man. I mean, barbecue as a whole is a labor is. of love. So to do this and to give back to the community is is really really awesome to see. So and I and I hope yeah, that it goes it off without a hitch. Uh, jumping back to the restaurant, obviously things are going to be kind of on hold after this. 
um, with the, you know, the baby on the way and the finishing touches on the restaurant. Once that goes live, you mentioned the e-commerce kind of when we first started, is that something that you're considering keeping on board because it's been so successful? You know, know, I don't know. Um, I think if we do keep the e-commerce thing going, um, it might be just for merchandise as far as like t-shirts, you know, hats, that sort of thing. Um, I really would like to bring it back to my original concept, which was, um, 11 AM in Texas kind of thing where, you know, you line up and, uh, at 11 AM and, you know, the door is open and you, you purchase barbecue until it's gone. And when it sells out, it sells out. We close our doors and, uh, do the same thing the next day. Um, that being said with the way things are now, I'm, I'm not sure if that's something that we'll be able to do um, with the amount of uh, folks that come out, the lines, you know, that, that, uh, that happen. Um, we have to figure out a way to social distance that sort of thing. That line would be um, all the way across Ortega if you made everybody oh, yes, six feet yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I'm lucky, yes, it definitely. But, um, you know, we might have to figure out a way to do some sort of reservation system or something like that. I mean, it's all, you know, things that we never thought we would have to do. Um, but that being said, you know, we, we still have, uh, you, we've always been, you know, willing to let people skip the line if they purchase whole proteins, like whole briskets, whole racks of ribs, you Mm -hmm. know, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, that's something that, yeah, we might consider keep, you know, might consider keep doing that, um, online. So, but it's, it's hard to say, you know, it really is hard to say. Uh, it, we, we won't really know till we get rocking and rolling. So, you know, I think by the end of June, early July, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I could say without a doubt we'll be open by July 4th. That's kind of, that's been my, the day that I, that I said, Hey, you know, I, I, I've talked to people like, you know, um, general our general contractors and that sort of thing i'm like this needs to be done and ready and we need to be open by independence day um and uh so that being said i think it's uh i think it's going to happen because it, it seems to be moving along very fast now yeah we do seem uh, to be picking up speed for sure yeah it's 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 going very fast and i think uh i think um i think it's going to be great and uh you know, so I look forward to, you know, being able to serve people and trying to figure this whole thing out. You know, <laughs> that's all I have for now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's all pretty much anybody can do is just do their best. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate absolutely everything you're doing. Uh, OC Smoke Kitchen obviously was not, you know, people have been doing a lot of events that have given back since as they should. And, and every single thing that every person is doing is absolutely amazing. Donated their time. But kind of watching OC Smoke Kitchen kind of kick everything off was was really, really awesome. So I'm stoked to hear that everybody is on board and people are really donating product and time. And, and it should be noted if you're listening to this, a lot of these people are not super big. Surf City is a very small distillery. So for them to donate yeah. like this is huge. You know, Brewery X has a little bit yeah, more muscle, absolutely. but again, these are, these are local people doing local things. So definitely support it however you can. And if you are, mm-hmm. if you're interested in supporting it, if you hear this before it has happened, uh, you can reach out to Jill Cook. Her information is on the very first episode of this podcast because I interviewed her right before the first one. Um, and if not, reach out to me on the show and I'll put you in contact with Jill because she's great. Danny, I appreciate the time, man. Um, I definitely want to let you get back to enjoying uh, celebrating your getting approval today on the smokers. 
Um, Thanks, I, cannot, I cannot wait to see those things fired up. They are they are big and beautiful. Who built them? Were they built locally? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Harper Pit Works. And so they were in Costa Mesa originally. Um, they've moved their uh, their shop to the city of Huntington Beach. And uh, we worked really closely with them on, you know, uh, Drew, Drew Ross is his name. Um, we, we worked really closely with trying to figure out a way that we can get these things approved for the restaurant and um it's it's a milestone not just for for me as a business owner but for craft barbecue um these are the first uh offset wood burning smokers to ever be nsf certified um in the state of california if not the entire united states so um and i don't quote me on the united states thing but definitely in the state of California. Um, and so it's huge. And I, I think it's going to open the doors for a lot of folks that have been doing things like this underground and, um, and, uh, you know, maybe possibly even folks that, uh, want to come from Texas and open up, you know, traditional central Texas style barbecue, uh, here in California. So I think it's going to pave the way for that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's bigger than us. And, uh, you know, from all of our friends back in, in Texas and all the different restaurants, um, from our good friends that we know, uh, you know, this is, they're, they're rooting for us and, and cheering us on and they're super happy for us too. So yeah, we're, we're, we're very blessed. That's awesome, man. I can't wait for it to open. I'll be standing in line for sure. San Juan is lucky to have you guys and I'm incredibly grateful that I'm down here in South County and not too far away. So awesome look man get back to your wife give her the best i hope that she can keep the baby in until you know sunday night maybe (laughs) (laughs) but regardless i'm glad things are going well um and i am looking forward to seeing you on sunday up at kelly's thank you crawford it's great to know you brother all right brother i will talk to you That was Daniel Castillo, pitmaster and owner of Heritage Barbecue. Uh, I'm so grateful for him finding some time with everything that he's got going on. Clearly a very, very busy man. Thank you, Daniel, for taking the time, man. Um, I can't wait for Heritage to be open. I can't wait to be a part of OC Smoke Kitchen 3.0 this weekend. Uh, Be sure to check back to thebestseats.com and thebestseats on Instagram for more content just like that, as well as all the other people that are really giving their time. Give them all a follow, support them. A lot of them have some really great ventures they're doing, uh, most of which you've heard about already on some of these episodes. If you haven't, go back and listen to them. There's only 12 of them. You can listen to them. It won't take that long. And we all know you got the time. Come on, it's quarantine. You got time to do this. Anyway... I hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. If you're listening to this later on in the future, I don't know, happy Halloween. What took you so long? This was a great episode. Anyways, thank you to Daniel. Thank you to all of you for the time. The continued support is amazing. Remember that starting with James Cavaniss' episode, it's going to go live early to members of Patreon. You can check it out over there. If not, don't worry. You're going to get it just a couple days later. Regardless, love you all. Thanks again to Daniel Castillo. Can't wait for Heritage to open. I will see you all in the next episode very soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and owner of The Best Seats. It is recorded in the Liso Viejo, California. It is subsidized through generous donations through patreon.com slash the best seats. The following 
are names that have subscribed at the highest tier, aka norm status, and thus allow me to produce the show each and every episode. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here are the supporters. Katie Cassie, Eric Lutz, Serena Warino, Talia Samuels, Cheryl McCarthy. Thank you for your support.